Chapter 17 of Book of the Foundations. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anne Boulay. Book of the Foundations by St. Teresa of Avila. Translated by the Reverend John Dalton. Chapter 17 these two foundations being now completed i returned to toledo where i remained some months in order to purchase the house already mentioned and to leave everything in good order there while engaged in this business the rector of the society of jesus at salamanca wrote to me telling me that if one of our monasteries were founded there it might do great good in the city and giving me at the same time his reasons for thinking so but as the place was poor, I was unwilling to found a monastery there in poverty. Considering, however, that Avila is the same, and yet that the community never wanted for anything, and believing that God will never be wanting to him who shall serve him faithfully, affairs also being so well arranged as they are, the nuns so few, and maintaining themselves by the labor of their hands, I determined to found one. Passing, therefore, from Toledo through Avila, I there procured a license from the bishop. He granted it immediately, having been informed by the father rector of the nature of the order, and what a service it would be doing Almighty God. It appeared to me that having once obtained the license of the bishop, the monastery was already founded, and everything else became very easy to me. I endeavored accordingly to hire a house, which a lady of my acquaintance found for me, though it was a difficult thing, not being the season for letting houses, and certain students dwelling in it, who were to give it up, when he who was to live in it should come. They knew not for whom it was hired, nor for what purpose, and I took very great care that nothing should be known before possession was taken, because I have learnt from experience, how many obstacles the devil places in the way of one of these monasteries being founded. Although in this foundation our Lord did not give him any power to oppose it in the beginning, because he wished it should be founded. But there came so many troubles afterwards, and we had so much opposition to endure, that even now it is not all over, though some years have already passed, since its erection, to the present time, when I am now writing. And therefore I believe God is greatly served in this monastery, because the devil cannot endure it. Having then obtained the license, and the hire of the house being secured, confiding in the mercy of God, for there was no one here to assist me in anything, though much was wanting to prepare the house, I departed for Salamanca, taking with me only one companion, in order that my journey might be more private, because I thought it would be better not to take with me more nuns until possession had been taken. I was warned of this by what happened to me in Medina del Campo, where I saw myself plunged into great troubles. For if any disturbance took place, I alone would have to suffer, and my companion, with whom I could not dispense. We arrived on the vigil of all saints, having performed a great part of the journey the night before in extreme cold, and slept in an inconvenient place, being at the same time very ill myself. I do not mention in these foundations the great fatigue and labors we endured on the roads in the midst of snows and cold and heat. Sometimes it snowed all day long. Other times we missed our way, and then again I had sicknesses and fevers. For in general, thanks be to God, I have but very indifferent health. 
but I saw clearly that our Lord strengthened me. For frequently, when carrying on these foundations, I found myself seized with so much sickness and so many pains, that I was much oppressed thereby, and thought I could not even remain in my cell, without keeping my bed. And then I turned to my Saviour, complaining to His Majesty, and asking, why he wished me to do more than I was able. But afterwards, though with much labor, our Lord gave me strength, and with the fervor and solicitude with which he filled me, methought I had forgot myself. As well as I can remember, I never omitted a foundation through fear of the labor, though I felt great repugnance to the journeys, especially long ones. But when once I began them, they appeared inconsiderable seeing as I did for whose sake they were undertaken, and that God in every house was to be praised, and the most blessed sacrament venerated. It is for me a singular comfort to behold one church more erected, when I remembered how many the Lutherans destroyed. I know not how many labors, however great they may be, ought to be endured, to obtain so great a good for Christianity. For although few consider that Jesus Christ, true God and true man, is in the most blessed sacrament in many places, yet it ought to be to us a great comfort. And such I often feel in the choir, when I see souls so pure praising God. And this I observe in many other things, both in their obedience, and in seeing the pleasure which their enclosure and solitude afford them, and great also is their joy, when any opportunities of mortification offer themselves, when our Lord bestows greater graces on the prioress, to exercise them therein. In all these things I see their greater delight. And hence it is, that the prioresses sooner become weary of trying them, than they of obeying, for in these matters their desires have no bounds. Although I may digress from the history of the foundation which I began to treat of, yet I do so because some things now occur to me respecting mortification, which I will now mention, lest they should be forgotten, and perhaps, daughters, I may do some good to the prioresses. And as there are in superiors different gifts and talents, they like to guide their nuns the same way they themselves walk. She that is very mortified, thinks whatever she commands to subdue the will, very easy, whereas it might perhaps be for herself very difficult. We should consider well, that we ought not to impose on others what would be painful or disagreeable to ourselves. Discretion is an important quality in the act of governing, and in these matters, I may say, more necessary than in others, because the account is greater which is to be given of those under our charge, both of their interior and exterior. Other prioresses, who have the Holy Spirit more abundantly within them, consider that everything consists in praying much. In a word, our Lord conducts souls different ways, and the superiors ought to consider that they are not placed in office to choose a path according to their own taste, but to lead their subjects along the road marked out by the rules and constitutions, though they force themselves to this, and would be glad to do otherwise. Once I was in one of our monasteries with a prioress, who was a lover of penance, and led all the nuns along this path. All the convent happened to give themselves the discipline, to recite the seven penitential psalms with the prayers, etc., the same thing happens, if the prioress be absorbed in prayer, though it be not the hour for prayer, but after matins. 
for she detains all the community, when it would have been much better for them to take their rest. If she love mortification, everything is made to consist in a desire of suffering, and these little flocks of the Blessed Virgin remain silent like lambs, which excites in me great devotion and confusion, and sometimes a strong temptation. For the sisters, being wholly absorbed in God, do not observe it. And I am afraid of their health, and wish they would keep to the rule, which gives them enough to do. And all the rest should be done with mildness and sweetness. And this is especially important concerning mortification. For love of our Lord, let the superiors be careful in this respect. For in these things, discretion is very necessary, as well as the knowledge of each one's ability. And if they do not proceed with caution, instead of helping them, they will do them great harm, and make them very uneasy. They should consider that such mortifications are not obligatory for the soul obtaining liberty and high perfection. These are not gained in a short time. But let the prioress advance by little and little, helping each one according to the talent which God has given them, and in proportion to their understanding and spirit. It may appear to them that for this purpose there is but little need of any understanding, but they are in error. For there will be some who, before they come to understand what perfection is, and even the spirit of our rule, pass away a great deal of time, and perhaps afterwards these will be the more holy, because they do not know when it is good to excuse themselves, and when not. And so with regard to other little matters, which, if well understood, they will perhaps perform with facility, and as they do not understand them, they do not appear to them, which is still worse, to be points of perfection. There is a person in one of these houses, and the greatest servant of God among them, and, as far as I can judge, of great mind, penance, and humility, being also favored by our Lord with many gifts, and yet she does not understand some things in our constitutions. The accusing of one's self of our faults in the chapter seems to her to show but little charity, and she says she cannot understand why she should mention anything about her sisters, for she might tell something about one of them, who was at the same time a great servant of God, and in other things she might surpass those who have a deep understanding. But the prioress must not expect to know souls immediately. Let her leave that to God, for only he can know them. And let her also endeavor to conduct each one along that path his divine majesty conducts them, providing that they fail not in obedience, and in the observance of the rule and constitutions. That virgin of the eleven thousand, who hid herself, was not the less a saint and a martyr. Nay, perhaps she suffered more than the other virgins, by coming afterwards alone to offer herself to be martyred. But to return to the subject of mortification, the prioress enjoins one of the nuns something to mortify her, which, though it may be in itself inconsiderable, yet it is grievous to her. Although she may do it, leaves her so disturbed and tempted, that it would have been better not to have imposed it. Let the prioress therefore take care not to endeavor to make the sister perfect by mere dint of labor, but let her pass over some things, and advance by little and little, until our Lord work in her. That which is done to make her advance, and yet without this perfection she may be a good nun, should not be the means of disturbing her mind and making it unhappy, which is indeed a terrible thing. 
and seeing the others, she may by degrees do as they do, as I have often noticed, and if not, without this virtue, she may be saved. I know one of them who for many years has led a life of great virtue, and in many ways has served our Lord, and yet she has some imperfections and sediments, many times, which she cannot conquer, and she complains of them to me, and knows them well. I think that God allowed her to fall into these defects without sin, for they have none, that so she may humble herself, and consider herself not to be entirely perfect. Thus some will suffer great mortifications, and the greater the duties are which are commanded of them, the more delighted are they, because our Lord has already infused strength into their soul, in order to enable them to subject their will. But others will not be able to endure even small mortifications, and thus it would be, as if we loaded a little child with two bushels of corn. Not only would he be unable to carry them, but he would fall to the ground and be bruised to death by them. Wherefore pardon me, my daughters, I mean the prioresses, for what I have observed in others has induced me to dwell so much on this point. Another thing I wish to give you some advice upon, and it is very important, is this that even for the trial of obedience, you command nothing which, if done, may prove a sin, though but venial. For I have known some things commanded, which would have been mortal, if they had been performed. The subjects may perhaps have been saved by their simplicity, but not therefore the prioresses. And why? Because no one has told them they should not do immediately certain things, and on the other hand, hearing and reading the things done by the fathers of the desert, Everything seems to them well done, when commanded by obedience, at least when they perform them. The subject should also be informed, that what would be a mortal sin if not commanded, should not be done when they are commanded not to do it, provided it be not omitting mass, or the feasts of the church, etc., because the prioress may have good reasons, and they would be excused in obeying, as, for example, in case of sickness. But other things, such as throwing oneself into a well, and such like actions, are all bad, because no one should expect God to work a miracle in these cases, as he used to do in favor of the saints. There is abundance of things wherein to exercise perfect obedience. All that is free from these dangers, I commend. A sister in Malagon once asked leave to take the discipline. The prioress, thinking that others would ask to do the same, replied, go and let me alone but still importuning her she said go and walk the nun with great simplicity went and walked for some hours until a sister noticed her and asked her why she was walking so much she answered she was commanded to do so in the meantime the bell rang for matins and as the prioress asked where that sister was the other who saw her replied that she was walking Hence it is necessary, as I have said elsewhere, that the prioresses should be careful how they act with some souls, who they already know are so very obedient. Another sister once showed to the prioress a very large worm, bidding her look what a fine one it was. The prioress, in joke, told her to dress it and eat it. She went accordingly, and fried it very well, and when the cook asked her why she fried it, she answered, to eat it and so she would have eaten it had she not been prevented, and the prioress, not thinking of the thing, might have done her great harm. 
Notwithstanding what I have said, I wish they would do something more than ordinary in point of obedience, for I have a particular devotion to this virtue, and thus I have endeavored all I could that the sisters may obtain it. But little would this have helped me, had not our Lord, in his great mercy, given them all the grace to be generally inclined thereto. And may his divine majesty please, that it may increase in them more and more. End of chapter 17